We're also going to talk about something that is impacting six million Canadians. One in five. And I want to know if you fit into this category. Six million Canadians don't have access to a family doctor and it's looking a little bit more bleak in terms of getting one as fewer and fewer doctors are deciding to train as GPs or family doctors. We're going to get into it right now uh, with uh, Dr. Michelle Moros, who's part of the residency, she, excuse me, she's the residency program director of family medicine and associate professor of the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Alberta. Dr. Moros, thank you so much for joining the show. Really appreciate getting your perspective on this. Great. Um, hi, and thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. I think it's something that's really um, on the minds of a lot of Albertans. We've had so many conversations about, you know, really long wait times and backlogs in the, you know, in in the hospitals based on so many people going to the ERs because mm-hmm. they don't have anywhere else to go. I mean, we don't really right. have a 24-hour urgent care clinic set up here. Many people don't have access to family doctors. And this new research is really, I, I think, showing that there's not a lot of hope in this area. So can we talk a little bit about some of these findings of fewer fewer medicine students wanting to go into GP? Sure. So, so we'll just say that absolutely, if you want to reduce ER wait times and you want to get the backlog down, having excellent family physicians as, as the backbone of primary care is, is essential. Like that's, that's for sure. There's a lot of research that supports that. Um, and unfortunately, our medical students, not only in Alberta, but across the country, have been gradually trending downwards in terms of their desire to choose family medicine as their specialty. So um, medical students do their three or four years of training, depending what school you go to, and then they have to choose a specialty, family medicine being one of those um, options. And, and yeah, fewer and fewer are choosing it, which means that we're graduating fewer family doctors. Um, and it's it's quite uh, quite a crisis right now, actually, i got to say. Yeah, I mean, with so many people that really need that type of care, right? That sort of, I, I guess making sure that that everything is just working properly before then you have to go to more extreme measures like the ER department at a hospital which isn't meant yeah. for anything that a family doctor would address. Exactly and and the thing is is that we actually all need a family doctor because one thing I think people don't realize is that your family doctor isn't just there to hold your hand or to send you on to a specialist. We're actually the specialists who diagnose most of the issues and then we send you on to the specialist to manage that perhaps or we manage most of the things ourselves, like we deliver deliver the babies, we do the palliative care, we take care of your diabetes and your hypertension and your children and, and all of that, right? So we can really reduce the burden on the system, but also build these relationships, right? Because we have the opportunity to build relationships. And, and, and that's what makes our job so joyful. But I think that's what medical students are maybe not getting that message. They're really, um, unfortunately, hearing all the, the negative aspects. And unfortunately, it's true that there are some negative aspects right now about being a family doctor. And so it's not it's not attractive. I'm so glad that you highlighted that because I think that there's a misconception not only in the public community, but also in the medical community as well in terms of the work that a family doctor does. And yeah. I wonder if you think that it's, it's to do with the reason that, that students are not choosing family medicine is to do with the fact that maybe becoming a specialist is more attractive, maybe there's more financial opportunity, you know, maybe there's more recognition mm. within the mm-hmm. medical community, mm-hmm. and there's more, uh, you know, I'm using air quotes here, but more clout. How yeah. do you think that, that lines up with more and more people choosing to not pursue this path? 
So, so all of the things that you've mentioned are certainly part of the picture. Um, we don't get as much respect, I suppose. It sounds a little bit like I'm being childish, but, you know, the, the sort of respect and recognition for the actual medical work that we do, I think sometimes we're seen um, as, as equivalent to, to other non-physician, very important parts of our, of our medical health care teams. Um, we are not remunerated nearly as much as, as many of the other specialties, um, even though we're working uh, just as hard um, and have done the same, you know, a, a ton of training and all of that. And, and frankly, you know, I, 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 nobody hopefully goes into medicine to become rich or for the money. But if you look at all your colleagues working the same or less than you and making way more, well, that certainly, right, paints right. a bit of a picture. Um, and also, so I would say remuneration is part of it, respect is part of it, but also support. And by support, um, you may have heard of, you know, the phrase medical home or working in teams. And, and family doctors, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, we had maybe like two medications for, for your diabetes and two for your blood pressure, but now people are a lot sicker. They're a lot more complex. And, um, and so a family doctor to do a really good job for their, for their communities, right, can't do it alone anymore. It's not like that one doc who's got his little bag that he goes around <laughs> to each house with, right? So having teams with like, you know, your nurses, your nurse practitioners, your physician assistants, your, um, all the people that, that keep us out of the hospital and keep us well as the family doctor kind of doing the medical part at the, you know, at the helm of that is so important. And, and so a medical student who's looking at all their options is thinking, well, I'm going to work way more, mm -hmm. including a whole ton of non-doctor work, like the paperwork, the administration, the running a business, the hiring and firing. Like I didn't go into medicine to be a business person. Some, some people want to, but if you don't, you're still stuck with it. They look around and say, my friends are getting paid more. I'm, they're more prestige, let's say, if that's part of it as well. And also because family medicine has become so complex, um, it's scary, right? Like we are supposed to know a little bit about everything and and that can be very um scary for students as well so so those things all play into their into their choices of a of a career for the rest of their lives you know i want to talk a little bit about how we can possibly incentivize people to go into this area of medicine and how we can try to bring more people into the fold so mm -hmm. that you know more mm -hmm. people have a family doctor that's the ultimate goal here six million canadians don't that's one in five uh we're gonna get right back into this in just a moment though dr morris because we sure. We'll take a short break. So if you'll bear with me, hang on the line. We're going to come back in three no minutes. No problem. We're talking about medical students' interest in being a family doctor is on the decline in Canada. Our guest is Residency Program Director of Family Medicine and Associate Professor at the Department of Family Medicine right here at the U of A. Dr. Michelle Morris is going to join us back in three minutes. Chelsea on Chad continues after this. Welcome back to the show. It's 317. This is Chelsea on Chad. One in five Canadians does not have a family doctor, and it's not looking any more optimistic in that area of medicine as more and more medical students deciding that they don't want to become family physicians. We're talking about it right now with our guest, who's the Residency Program Director of Family Medicine and Associate Professor of the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Alberta. Dr. Michelle Morris, thank you so much for sticking around on hold. I really do appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. No problem, no problem. This is super important. I'm really, really happy to be here, for yeah. sure. Well, I'm happy to get your perspective because I think you're even sort of um, 
surprising me with with you know framing family medicine in the way that you have in that certainly uh, health issues are becoming more complicated and more complex right now. So the, the responsibility on a family doctor is, I think, a lot more loaded than it used mm-hmm. to be. Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about overwork as well. I mean, with, with many people that aren't deciding to enter into this area of medicine, and I would imagine some people even leaving, uh, mm-hmm. the burden of stress might must be massive. That is, you know what, that is that is so true. Um, so many of my colleagues have uh, unfortunately left the province. Um, some have done early retirement and hung up what we call hung up their stethoscopes um, because it, it is, it's, it's, it's very overwhelming. It can be anyway, especially if you're working kind of alone. And I already alluded to the fact that if we get uh, physicians working in supported teams, then A, we're not doing as much of the non-doctor work, right? Um, and everybody can work to their full scope of practice. Um, and you had asked me, you know, how do we incentivize, how do we get medical students interested in family medicine? And let me tell you, <laughs> I lose a lot of sleep over that one, and our teams work really hard on that. But the kind of the first thing that is, I mean, there's, there's a lot of kind of pots of responsibility, but um, where the government maybe has an opportunity is to, to make this a job that people want. Because right now it is, it is not very sustainable to be working, um, you know, I was doing my paperwork until 9 o'clock last night. Um, I have meetings often at 7 in the morning, at 5 p.m. on a Friday, um, and my patients uh, often feel that they can't get in to see me because I have too many patients because I feel bad that so many people don't have a doctor, right? So if, if we could... Um, if the house is kind of on fire right now, so I think it's an opportunity for us to to build that foundation of primary care um, and make it a job that, that people want. Because I'll tell you, when we ask uh, med students at the beginning of their training, there are many, enough of them, let's just say enough of them are excited about considering family medicine, but as they go through their training... Um, they see how tired we are, <laughs> unfortunately. We can't hide it very well. Their experiences are maybe not as positive as they should be, and, and the job is not desirable. So I think we have an opportunity to make this an amazing, like, it is an amazing job. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love my job. I love what I do. I love my patients. Um, but but I'm, I'm privileged. I work in a, in a place that, you know, I don't have overhead because I'm with the university. So, like, all the businessy pieces and the stuff that takes away from from the medicine and the relationship that I have with my patients, if we could clear the way for that, um, and then I think we could we could easily attract 50% of our medical school class into family medicine, which is what we need, right, in order to have a sustainable base of family physicians to do to deliver primary care and take the burden off of our acute care services um, and our acute care colleagues, who I obviously admire and respect very much, right? We're all pulling in the same direction. Sure. Um, we need about 50% of our med students to, to choose family medicine and to choose longitudinal care after that, like not to finish and then to just go off and do pockets of care, right? We want people to take patients and have be their doctor for like 25 or 30 years, right? Because that's that's where the amazing part comes in, right? Does, does encouraging 50% of a medical student's class then to go into family medicine hurt those other areas? I mean, is that is that um, is that something that kind of achieves success across the board, or is a bigger issue than trying to attract students into medicine in general? That's a really great question, and and cer- certainly I'm not an expert in in what all the other specialties are, but no, like having 50% of family uh, of medicine taken care of by family medicine, and 
to be honest, 50% of medical school being taught by family doctors is actually beneficial across the board. Right now, I, I had a colleague, an obstetrician colleague who, um, you know, reached out to me after the match, right? We call it the match when we find out where medical students, you know, have chosen to do their specialties. And she's she is just as upset as I am because if she sees a patient in the eMERGE for an obstetrical or gynecological emergency, takes care of them for a couple of weeks, she has nowhere to send the letter for follow-up. She has nowhere to send that patient to, to be taken care of. And, and, and frankly, when the patient asks her about her antidepressive medication, she's not qualified to deal with that, right? And so we help take that burden off of the specialty so that the specialist can actually focus on their specialty, right? right? right. And, and trust that when, when that, you know, there's six weeks post-op, that there's somebody there to help them through the recovery period and manage them and do the surveillance, you know, like when you're discharged from the cross cancer center, I'm the one who makes sure for the next five to 10 years that you don't get a recurrence. Right. Right. Um, But if, but if the cross discharges you to nothing, to nobody, Who's going to be watching that, right? Who's going to make sure your operation doesn't get infected? All of those things. So I think it helps all the specialties to have a really robust family medicine um, foundation. Well, and certainly to catch something early before then you have Mm -hmm. to see an acute care professional. Dr. Burroughs, we could keep going on this. I want to be my (laughs) family doctor. You are incredible. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you shedding some light on this. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Take care. Take care. That's Dr. Michelle Moros, uh, Residency Program Director of Family Medicine and Associate Professor at the Department of Family Medicine here at the University of Alberta, talking about an alarming trend uh, that medical students don't want to go into family medicine. And where does that leave us in a situation that we are already dealing with as Canadians overall uh, with a huge shortage of family physicians? Six million Canadians without a family doctor. That's one in five.